As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. This is Thursday night, and we've been waiting for you. And the we is me, Denise, Joel. And tonight, guess what? Maxime Mesnikov is with us. Maxime, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Hey, Denise, welcome. Hey, Rick and Home Group, welcome. We're so glad you're with us. And I always say that or often say this, but that we're gathered together in his name. And there he is in the midst of us. And I'm expecting God to do some amazing things in our presence here tonight. Amen. And if you need prayer, please call us 1-800-742-5593. If you'll call and leave a message, we'll call you back. Or you can send us a prayer request at prayer at renner.org. We talked about different aspects of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I collected a series of questions that our viewers have sent me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, that'd be fun. So tonight I want to answer their questions. Mm -hmm. Are you guys ready? Ready. Ready. Yes. All right, let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 14. But I want to begin with question number one. And tonight we're just going to answer five of these. And when we come back tomorrow night, Friday night, we're going to answer the next five. Question number one, questions about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Number one, does someone have to pray for me to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? The answer is no. You can receive it right now by yourself, right where you are. When I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I went to my Aunt Melita's house. I called her Aunt Edie. I walked in. I said, Aunt Edie, please pray for me. Today is my day. I got on my knees on one side of the coffee table. She got on the other side of the coffee table. She laid hands on me, and she prophesied over me. You know what she prophesied? Mm -hmm. Have I ever told you? She prophesied, you are going to be a standard bearer for Christ. You will bear a standard of excellence, a standard of the Word of God. Wow. That was the first prophecy that was ever spoken over me. Isn't that something? Wow. That was January 11, 1974. Then she prayed for me, and when Aunt Edie prayed for me, I was gloriously filled with the Holy Spirit, but I did not speak in tongues. And Denise, I think your experience was similar. I wanted to speak in tongues, but I was very shy. I was really afraid to do it in front of Melita. I was afraid to do it in front of me. I was afraid to do it in front of God. I was afraid, what if I say it and it's wrong? What if I'm just making it up? So here I was totally filled with the Holy Spirit but I didn't speak in tongues until about an hour later. I was a teenager, so I walked home from her house. And when I got to our house, I came in the bedroom, closed the door, got on my knees, and I said, all right, Lord, nobody's here but you and me. And guess what, guys? That made it easier for me because I was too timid to do it in front of somebody else. Mm. Just me and the Lord. And I began to pray in tongues, and I stopped. I said, that can't be it. I'm just making that up. You have to understand that your flesh doesn't want you to speak in tongues. Your flesh has dominated you all your life, and your flesh does not want your spirit to take dominion in your life. And when you begin to speak in tongues, your flesh will react. Stop that. Stop it now. Not only that, your ears have never heard it before. 
So it sounds strange to your ears. Now let's take that in the context of just language. When you begin to learn a new language, did you know most people who learn a new language, they don't, they don't, they're very hesitant to speak it in front of others. True. Because they don't feel comfortable. It's new. Even if they understand it in their head, they're afraid they're going to say it wrong. So most people who learn a new language nearly whisper it when they speak it. They're very hesitant. That's just the way it goes with a new language. And it's the same with praying in tongues. So I began to pray in tongues, and I stopped. I said, ah, that can't be it. That just, that, just doesn't, that just doesn't seem that that's the way it should be. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, do it again. So I began to speak in tongues again, just me in my bedroom with the door closed on my knees at my bed. And a second time I stopped. I thought, oh, Rick, are you making this up? I didn't want to make it up because it was such a holy thing. And again, the Holy Spirit said, do it again. I did it again. But this time the Holy Spirit said, don't stop. And guess what happened? When I didn't stop, I just kept pressing in. It's like a dam broke and a river of other tongues began to flow out of me. Nobody was there but me and Jesus who was baptizing me in the Holy Spirit. Now, if you need somebody to pray with you, if that will help your faith, of course somebody can pray with you. But if you don't have anybody to pray with you, you don't need anybody to pray with you because nobody else is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. In fact, I'm just remembering back when Denise and I were the single adult pastors of a large single adult ministry, we had a man in our ministry who was a pilot. He was very intellectual, very serious. And he came to me one day and he said, Brother Rick, I think I need to see a psychiatrist. I said, really? Why would you need a psychiatrist? He said, something's been happening in my shower. I said, well, what happens? He says, while I'm showering and I'm worshiping God, it's this other language just begins to come out of me. He didn't even know what it was. Jesus just baptized him in the Holy Spirit in the shower. He wasn't even seeking it. And so the point is, you can receive by yourself. Denise? Well, my experience was, uh, I was by myself. Um, but I didn't speak in tongues. Um, well, I didn't want to, my mind, I didn't want to speak in tongues. I thought, those are weird people. So in my soul, <laughs> in my mind, no, we're, no, 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 we're not going there. But, but when I opened myself up to God for him to have all of me and fill me with the spirit, uh, my life completely changed. And I was by myself on a, a curb sitting outside of a building. And my life changed, never been the same since that day. I was filled with this power. I got up from the curb. I went to a, a Jewish girl. And it was 11 o'clock at night. And she was getting ready to go to bed. And I went and see her. And I I just started witnessing to her right away. And, and I remember... She said to me, well, Denise, I'm not open to that right now. And she said, I'm going to take a shower. I said, oh, well, you can get clean on the inside while you're getting clean on the outside. <laughs> but honey, when did you speak in tongues? Well, <clears throat> well, it was a process because my heart had to open to it. My mm -hmm. mind had to open. And um, 
the Lord is so amazing because he had me be a secretary to um, the English professor at that college. Okay, can I stop for a moment? That is absolutely hysterical. Yeah. To imagine that Denise was a secretary and a typist. 25 words a minute with 17 mistakes. Did you hear that? 25 words a minute with 17 mistakes. Even now when I watch Denise at the computer, it's pretty scary. And she was a secretary, but God just rigged that he deal. Just, he just rigged it because uh, this he was Pentecostal and he would say, well, Denise, when were you uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I said, oh, Dr. Tromness, I love Jesus with all my heart. There's nothing more important in my life than, than Jesus, but I don't know about that tongues thing. And he was just sweet to me. And, and finally, finally, I ended up at a church that spoke in tongues. They love God. And I would go there. Of course, my Baptist mind, I would condemn them all, especially Brother Barry, because he would praise God so loud. Couldn't understand that. How can you praise God so loud? I'd go home. Because you were from a denominational church where everything was pretty quiet. Yeah. I'd judge him. I would repent. I'd go back the next Thursday night. I sang solos in the church. I was there all the time. And then one night, the Holy Spirit, that, that kind of his nudging came on me. And I said, I want to speak in tongues. And so these people gathered around me and, and I spoke in tongues. And that was the night tongues. in Commerce, Oklahoma. Yeah, July Pastor the Bob Rabel. Uh-huh. That's amazing. July the 2nd, 1972. Okay, I want to quote a scripture. In Luke 6, 48, Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever you're full of, it will come out of your mouth. That is a biblical principle. If a person is filled with hatred, it comes out of their mouth. Today you're looking at a lot of stuff on the news, and you may wonder, how can these people say the stuff they're saying? Such hatred, such poison coming out of their mouth. That's what's in them. Jesus taught the principle, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In the same way, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your heart is filled, guess what's going to happen? The mouth is the outlet for the human spirit. It just is. And when you're filled with the spirit, what's going to come out of your mouth? Spirit's going to come out of your mouth. You're going to speak in tongues. And that's why, as we saw last night, as you study the whole book of Acts, there is an absolute clear pattern from the beginning to the very end of the book of Acts. People are saved then they are subsequently filled with the Holy Spirit. And in every single instance, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, every time people are filled, what did Jesus say? Out of the abundance of the heart. Mouth speaks. The mouth speaks. And in all of those instances, they were all filled and the overflow came out of their mouth and they began to speak in tongues. Wow. That's amazing. You know, Rick, I didn't speak in tongues, but I started witnessing and witnessing and witnessing and witnessing. Well, but you did eventually speak in tongues. Yeah, but it was later. But but I, I was filled with power. Now, the second question tonight is, why should I pray in tongues? Why should I pray in tongues? That's a very strange question. 
You think it's strange? Yes. Why? If God gave you a gift, why not use it? If God gave you healing, should you question why you should be healed? If God gave you salvation, should you question why you need salvation? I think it's kind of a strange question. I always say that you shouldn't say, do I have to speak in tongues? No, you get to speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. It's an ability that God has given you. It's not, do I have to? No, you get to. It is a byproduct of the human spirit. It's a byproduct of the human spirit. So let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and I want us to look at verse 2, and I'm going to read from the King James Version. Now listen to this. Paul is speaking, and he says, For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. All right, let's stop. There's a great point of confusion. There is a difference between the gift of tongues and praying in tongues. They're two different things. Every person baptized in the Holy Spirit can pray in tongues. It's the overflow of the human spirit. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But to deliver a public message in tongues, that is a gift of the Spirit that is very distinct than all of us just praying in tongues. It's very distinct, it's very different, and it always comes with the interpretation of tongues. It's dual gifts, they work together. But when you come to this verse, he's not talking about the public ministry of tongues. He's talking about praying in tongues. It's really what he's talking about. That's why he says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men. He's not talking about a public gift. He says, but unto God. And then he adds, for no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Which means when you pray in tongues, you begin to speak things spiritually that your mind may not know. I say it like this. The will of God is in us. It really is. The Holy Spirit came into us when we got saved. The will of God came into us. The plan of God came into us. It's right here. The problem is it's not here. How do we get it from here to here? We need it here. Praise God that it's here, but if our mind didn't understand it, then it's no value to us. How do you get it from here to here? And this verse tells us, when a person prays in tongues, not only is he praying, but I say he's dredging his spirit. And as he dredges his spirit and prays in tongues, he begins to bring the will of God in him up, and his mind begins to perceive it. This is why most of my books I have received while praying in tongues. Most of the direction that I receive for our ministry, it's while praying in tongues. When I pray in tongues, mysteries are released. What is a mystery? It's something that is unknown. It's here, but it's not known. But when you pray in tongues, it, bring, it dredges it. It brings it up where you begin to understand it. That's enough reason right there if we said nothing else to pray in tongues. It brings the will of God to you. But wait, he goes on. And look at what he says in verse 4. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. What does that mean, edify? Well, the word edify really means enlarges himself, which gives us a second benefit of praying in tongues. When you pray in tongues, you enlarge yourself spiritually for more. It's like if you want to enlarge your house. 
So you begin to knock out the walls, you begin to extend the walls, you begin to add another room, you begin to make more space. When you pray in tongues, you begin to expand your interiors so that you can receive more. I love that, mm-hmm. don't you, Denise? I love it. I love Amen. it. And I experience it, and it's glorious. And he gives you answers, and he gives you insight. And because the Holy Spirit knows everything, and he's a teacher, and he's a guide. And, and when we make room for him, and we pray in other tongues, and like Rick said, we're dredging up our spirit, and it's coming up to our mind. He's helping us. He's a helper. Maxime? Uh I just want to comment on what you said that when you learn to speak a foreign language, yeah. you're, you don't feel comfortable. And I understand completely because even though I understand every word you say in English, when I need to say something in English, oh my goodness, it's a different story. I get scared. It's, but you don't have to get to be scared. If, you're, if, if you want to pray in tongues, just start praying. May I read, may I read one verse? Sure. That, that it's a life verse to me. It's in the book of Jude, uh, starting... Uh, Verse 20. Correct. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. You see, sometimes it's so unfortunate. I think it's so unfortunate we have these numbers. There were no numbers in the original text. And there's one thought. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit... Keep yourselves in the love of God. When we pray in tongues, we keep ourselves in the love of God. The more you pray in tongues, the more you will experience the love of God. If there's not enough of God's love in your life, pray in tongues more. The more you pray in tongues, the more you're going to feel God's love in every area of your life. Amen. Joel? That's wonderful. I'm reading Judges in my, in my Bible time. And I, I, I've always wondered, what's the difference between the Holy Spirit we have in the spirit that came on to the judges of Israel? And I don't know if we have time for that question, but could you please elaborate on that? Well, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't come in people. There's only one person in the Old Testament that was filled with the Holy Spirit. Who was it, Denise? It was the man that was filled with the Holy Spirit to create... The interior of, of the, the whole, temple. Of the Holy of Holies in the temple. He's the only man in the Old Testament that the Bible ever says he was filled with the Spirit. Hmm. Everybody else, the Spirit temporarily came on them because they weren't born again. The Spirit would come on, the Spirit would leave, the Spirit would come on, the Spirit would leave. That's the difference. The Holy Spirit lives in us. He lives in us. He never leaves us. Oh, that is so glorious. Good question. But hey, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 14. I want us to see something else. Verse 13. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue. By the way, you know what the word speaketh is? It's the word lelos. It means to speak fluently, just like if you were going to speak fluently in another language. This means you're not supposed to stutter when you speak in tongues. God's intention is for you to freely speak in tongues, like a language that just flows out of you. He who freely speaks in an unknown tongue, pray that he may interpret. Well, let's come back to that. Look at verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, and notice he calls it prayer. We're talking about prayer here. We're not talking about a public delivery of tongues. We're talking about prayer. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. That's why we call this a spiritual language, praying in your spirit language. But my understanding or my mind is unfruitful. What is it then? 
I will pray with my spirit. Well, keep it in context. He's talking about praying in tongues. I'll pray in tongues. And I'll also pray with the understanding, which is your mind and your natural language. And then he adds, I will sing with the spirit. And I will sing with the understanding also, which means you, in addition to praying in tongues, you can sing in tongues. But Paul says that when you pray in the Spirit, that's wonderful, but you can take it a step further. You can even pray to interpret what you've been praying. And this is what I was talking about earlier from verse 2, that when you pray in tongues, you dread your spirit and you begin to pull mysteries up into your mind. And what I have learned through the years is that more I pray in tongues, it's like I sensitize myself. And I can perceive what I am praying. I know what I'm praying about. And sometimes I can even interpret it. And the Bible says you can pray to interpret. But wait, there's one more thing here. Look at the next verse. Else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at the giving of thanks? But then look at verse 17. For thou verily givest thanks well. These verses tell us that when you pray in tongues, you're also giving thanks. You're praising God. You're entering into the highest level of worship and thanksgiving and verbal appreciation. It is your spirit expressing thanks. And the verse here says, you give thanks well when you pray in tongues. What are you thinking, Joel? I'm just thinking... But that, that's wonderful. Maxine, you said that when you pray in tongues, you have more and more of the love of God. And you're saying when you pray in tongues, you give praise to God. There are no negatives in praying in the tongues. Zero. And that's why the devil's against it. It's all positive. And then when you come to verse 18, Paul says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Guys, that verse is not debatable. <laughs> Paul said, I speak in tongues. That's the first thing he says. The great legendary Apostle Paul and people try to use his teachings to say we're not supposed to speak in tongues, but his own testimony is, I thank my God, I speak with tongues. And guess what the word speak again is the word laleo. I freely, fluently speak in tongues. And then he adds, more than you all in Greek, it is the word malon, which is comparative. And who was he writing to? The Corinthians, who were known as being tongue talkers. That's what they were known for. And Paul's writing to the tongue talkers. Hmm. And he says, I thank God I freely communicate in tongues. And by the way, more than all of you put together. Well, where did he do all that praying in tongues? Where do you think he did it? Walking. Walking. Paul walked, 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 walked from city to city to city to city to city. If you add it all together, he walked thousands and thousands of miles and kilometers. Rather than waste time, he prayed in tongues as he was on the way. And one of the next questions is, do you pray in tongues only when you're in a time of prayer or can you pray in tongues as you go about your business, but we're out of time. But tomorrow night when we come back, we're going to keep answering questions. This has been so much fun tonight. It's been great, guys. Right. Remember that if you need <coughs> prayer, you can write us prayer at renner.org or call us 1-800-742-5593. We want to hear from you, and we want to pray for you. And by the way, if you've never spoken in tongues, 
If you've never been prayed for to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, call us, we'll pray with you, and Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and out of the fullness of your heart, you'll begin to speak in a supernatural spiritual language. It is amazing. Wow. But hey, thanks for being with us tonight. I can hardly wait to come back tomorrow night, guys, to answer the next questions. Amen. This has been wonderful. Maxime, thanks for joining the runners tonight. Thank you. Well, sleep well, and we'll see you tomorrow night. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.